Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Walkthrough. I am your host, intern Joe Machika. South Carolina lost a tough one to their arch-rival Clemson at home at williams Bryce Stadium to conclude their 2023 campaign by the final score of 16-7. to It was nine points, three field goals that ultimately made the difference. The uh, Clemson offense didn't score a single touchdown. It was their defense that happened to score the lone touchdown for the Tigers on a fumble return early on in that contest. Um, there's a lot to talk about from that one, and then there's also a lot of offseason questions, which I will get to, and then, as always, we will throw on the optimism shades as we do for this show. But first, let me talk to you guys about our sponsors really quickly. Our first sponsor of the day, as always, is our good friends over at Liberty Tax. Tax ID is an uncertain feeling you get right before doing your taxes, but you don't have to go through it alone. The tax team at Liberty Tax in Irmo, Lexington, and Columbia will walk you through the process, clear up any confusion, and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund or your money back. It's tax time. If you're in a hurry for your refund, call the tax team at Liberty Tax. Fast, accurate, and guaranteed. On the other hand, if you think you might be owing Uncle Sam, talk to Liberty Tax Team to make sure you're not paying more than you should owe. They'll find every possible deduction for you. Locally owned and operated, staffed by tax professionals from your neighborhood. Open 9 to 9 on weekdays and 9 to 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start through the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal. More, make an appointment or just walk in. Give a call to upload your tax documents. And when you come in, your return will be ready to review and sign. Give them a call at 803-462-5576 on your screen right now. Once again, and for those listening, 803-462-5576 for all of your tax needs. This show is also brought to you by our good friend, Clint Hammond of the Movement Mortgage Network. He's above us on all of our Gamecock Central Live programming. He's the man over at the Movement Mortgage Network. In need of help with your mortgage, call on our good friend Clint Hammond of the Movement Mortgage Network. He's been in the mortgage industry since 2003, which allows him to help everyone from the first-time home buyer to the complicated and complex jumbo buyer. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance, nothing is more important than a well-thought-out financial strategy that comes with five-star customer service. He's even helped out our very own Wes Mitchell and former Gamecock quarterback Perry Orth with their mortgages. So give our guy Clint a call. Like I said, he's above us on all of our Gamecock Central Live programming. His number, as always, is 803-771-6933. Once again, on the screen right now. And for those listening, 803-771-6933. So getting into the game, um, it was a rough one. If you are a South Carolina Gamecock, it was not what you expected. All the momentum had been building up to this moment um, with a chance to become bowl eligible against your arch rivals at home. Even though um, Williams Bryce had kind of been a house of horrors, like Chris Clark said in his prediction um, for the Clemson Tigers, um, the South Carolina hadn't scored on Clemson at Williams Bryce since 2017 entering this one. They broke that streak in this game, but I mean, it clearly wasn't enough. South Carolina was three of 13 on third down. You're not going to win any games, let alone uh, games against a good team when you're 
or two of 13, excuse me, two of 13 on third down. Not great. Um, and then Clemson's special team stepped up. I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, but their kicker was three of three, very clutch, um, made a lot of field goals. Um, and again, I'm going to get to that because there's a whole story surrounding their kicker and everything this year. And it quite simply adds insult to injury. But I will, I'm going to get there. South Carolina's defense stood on their head and also had a really good game. I'm going to get to that as well. Um, but starting with the offense, like I said, two of 13 on third down. That's not going to win you any football games against any good teams, um, and especially one against this Clemson front seven. I want to give credit where credit is due. That Clemson front seven is one of the best South Carolina saw all year. Um, I, I would rank it next to Georgia and Tennessee. So, um, and those were also games where South Carolina struggled. Spencer was seemed it seemed like he was running for his life, and and also into those games. I mean, minus Georgia, where you had Tree and Tro having to start. But entering the Tennessee game, you had some consistency in your offensive line. You were you entered that one kind of excited um, that you you might find some consistency with your offensive line and, and some protection for Spencer. So good, not great on offense. I mean, there 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 was some good, but largely not great. Um, you know, like I said, two on third, two of thirteen on third down. You can't win. Um, can't win many games. So. Uh, yeah, very, very tough. Spencer's last game, I mean, not the way you want to go out if you're Spencer Rattler in your South Carolina career. He finished the day 16 of 32, 112 yards and a, and a pick. The pick was, I mean, nice play by by Barnes, the DB. Um, that kid is going to step up, and he's he's been big for Clemson this year, especially in their defensive backfield. I mean, I wasn't necessarily impressed with Clemson's defensive backfield as much as I was with Barnes. Barnes can play, um, and he gave Xavier Leggett a pretty good run at it. I, I still think Leggett had the edge, but that Clemson defensive backfield is something to watch these next couple years, weeks. I mean, it's going to evolve depending on opt-outs and stuff like that, but their defensive backfield is getting better. South Carolina knew that Clemson's front seven was really good. I mean, that, that that's always been a mainstay. Even with Venables gone, you saw how good it was last year, um, and it, it just got better. Um, they have a lot of guys – that can really, really play. They got to Spencer 36 times, um, according to Pro Football Focus. Those were the pressure numbers. Um, Trotter Jr. or Horror, I'm saying that wrong. I apologize. And Tyler Davis. Um, so they're two defensive tackles in their middle. Mike Linebacker really led the way in terms of pressure. They somehow only ended up with two sacks. Give credit to the South Carolina offensive line with that. Um, but yeah, Clemson's front seven is one of the best in the country. Um, so I they they played like it on Saturday night, and I, I again I was very impressed with that. So we got to give credit where credits due. They 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 knew what they were doing defensively, and I mean quite simply had one of the their best games of the year. Um, I mean ironically, so did South Carolina's defense. Um, you know, and I'm gonna get to that, but uh, wanted to go back to, to the South Carolina offense real quick because the run game. I wanted to talk about the run game. The run game was non-existent. Um, you know. It, it, 24 rushes for 57 yards and a 2.4 average is not going to win you many football games, especially, like I said, against good opponents. Um, so that is not great. And then talk about Mario Anderson for a second. Mario Anderson was banged up in that second quarter. Everyone knows that. I think, you know, even on the sideline, you kind of sense that he wasn't okay. I don't know what went down on the sidelines, why he went back into the game. I'm assuming he cleared some kind of protocol for him to go back into the game. And, you know, 
seeing that hit and him get up from that hit on TV, I, I assumed he was out, but then all of a sudden he was back in there. Um, on seemed like the next play might have been um, one one play in between that, but um, you know Mario Anderson did not seem seem the same. Maybe he was, but I mean, I it, you couldn't really tell from where I was. Like I, I had mentioned, the show was coming out on Monday um, because I'm tra- I traveled home from Indiana yesterday, and, and airport Wi-Fi was not my friend. Um, so, anyways, that is that. But uh, yeah, Mario Anderson banged up again. I, I don't know if I let him go back into the game. Maybe it was different on the sidelines. Maybe. You know, I'm assuming he had to have passed some kind of protocol because I don't think South Carolina's training staff would have, would let him go into that game, back into that game without passing some kind of protocol. So um, I, I, I'm not dinging the training staff here. I, I think they did, you know, some kind of check or something like that. But from my angle on TV, it looked like, you know, he was banged up and he didn't look the same for the rest of the game. And maybe, you know, sometimes a hit will do that to you when you go up the middle and you take a hit like that. Sometimes you're 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 steering away from going straight down and, and kind of lowering your head a little bit as a as a ball carrier, even though you're not supposed to do that anymore. But either way, you're you're not going as hard sometimes if you get shaken up like that. Um, so maybe that could be it. I'm I'm, I'm assuming it that that is the case. Um, you know, Mario. Kind of. I mean, sometimes you can see ghosts. That happens, um, especially when you get hit like that. And as I just mentioned, Clemson's front seven is very, 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 very good. A lot of those guys going to the NFL. Um, so I that that didn't surprise me. I knew how good they were coming in. Um, but so flipping the script here, talking about Clemson's offense real quick, the run game was phenomenal. Um, you know, was it death? Like I, I tweeted during the game, it was death by a thousand cuts, right? No, it wasn't death by a thousand cuts. It was death by Will Shipley and Phil Mafia carrying the ball 34 times a game. Both I wrote about it. Um, I believe that article came out on Thanksgiving, but it was just kind of a quick report on the run game. And, you know, when I dove into the numbers, the PFF numbers, you know, I, those two guys were circled. I mean, I'm sure Clayton White had him circled as well, uh, but it's really, really hard to stop one guy, if not two, when your offense is clicking like that in terms of the run game. You know, shout out to – South Carolina's defense, I mean, you didn't allow a touchdown from that offense. Um, you know, you didn't really allow any big plays. Um, and granted, Clemson was missing some wide receivers coming into this one. Antonio Williams did not make the trip. Everyone knows who Antonio Williams is. If you're watching the show, you probably know who he is or remember him, at least from last season. Um, Williams didn't make the trip. He was the guy who fumbled the the punt in last season's Palmetto Bowl. Um, so he did not make the trip. He's he's been you know a good, not great wide receiver for them, but at least a consistent face in 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 the passing game for Cade Klubnik would have probably made a difference. But we didn't see that. Cade Klubnik really didn't have anybody to throw to besides his running backs. So their offense was handcuffed a little bit by that. But then again, I mean, they were going to stick with their bread and butter regardless. Um, you know, they, the pair finished with 225 yards on the ground uh, or the, yeah. When you exclude the sack, the quarterback, Cade Klubnik also got in on the action. I, I mentioned that in my article as well. People forget that Cade Klubnik is really, really dynamic with his legs. I think people forget. Yeah. Klubnik is a very big part of the run game. He has a lot of designed runs. And I think that's part of the reason why he's, you know, kept his job so long in Clemson is because he is a threat to run and you know, he, that it's now, now granted it's not his primary, you know, focus, but I, I again, I think that's what makes him so dangerous um, back there is that he can take off when he needs to. Um, he, I believe when I was doing the running the numbers on it, 
he had only or he hadn't rushed for over a, or he hadn't had a carry for over 10 yards in only two games this season. He got it again against South Carolina, so that extended his 10-game rushing streak. It was broken up somewhere in the middle of the year. I can't remember exactly where it was, but Klubnik very dangerous with his legs. South Carolina saw that. Uh, you know, their defense was prepared for it. Like again, like I thought South Carolina's defense played well, right? Um, what Clemson's offense did well is that, you know, they, they again, like I said, they they stuck with their bread and butter. Will Shipley, Phil Maffa, Kate Klubnik on the ground. They're gonna, you know, run it down your throat and basically put the car in neutral. And so and 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 just run the game out, right? Like when you aren't scoring a whole lot of points, it's almost like a big 10 offense, realistically. And you know, they were, like I said, they were handcuffed without Antonio Williams and, and some wide receiver threats. So they, they kind of simplified the offense, did what worked, and, you know, the game just moved quicker. I mean, they were on offense for longer. The time of possession numbers were pretty substantial. Yeah, the time of possession numbers are obviously leaning towards Clemson. I mean, Clemson had the ball for 38 minutes of that game, and South Carolina had it for 22 not great. Um, Clemson, on the other hand, obviously I was thrown out the South Carolina 2 of 13 on third down. Clemson was 7 of 16, which also isn't great, but it was a lot better than South Carolina. Uh, Clemson was the more penalized team, six penalties for 40 yards. South Carolina, four penalties for 30 yards. Um, not great. I mean, just overall, not a good game for South Carolina. Um, sure, again, as the recurring theme of this season for the Gamecocks, you know, you had a lot of decent individual performances, more in particularly on defense. Nicky Minwari continues to excel. Finally got his pick last week. Had another pick this week. Shout out to Nicky Minwari really coming along. That's exactly what you want to see if you're South Carolina fans because he is part of that young core. He is part of the reason, um, you know, you should have excitement. And don't worry, I'm going to get to the optimism shades in a little bit. But, Again, shout out to Nicky Minwari. There were a lot of guys. Um, Debo Williams and DQ Smith also made some noise. Debo Williams is playing himself into the NFL at this point. Like um, I, I, the scouts sure as heck noticed the tackling numbers, and I compare him to similarly. If South Carolina fans remember an Ernest Jones, right? Um, drafted by the or undrafted free agent, or I, I can't remember if he got drafted, but he's playing for the um, LA Rams now. And he's a stud, plays a lot. And I think Debo Williams has that potential to make an NFL team very happy. Just the way he plays, the whole mentality thing, the David Goggins mentality. He's going to go into interviews and, and go to the combine and quite possibly get drafted. If he doesn't get drafted, again, he's going to be an undrafted free agent and make some noise via that. I don't think Debo Williams' football career is over in the slightest. Also, Jalen Kilgore stepped up a little bit um, after that punt. There, or after the muffed punt, um, granted he didn't lose the muffed punt, but I know he was on himself for it um, and certainly seemed like he was. Um, and so Jalon Kilgore had a decent game in the defensive backfield. And I, I will say Des Yu had a tackle. He's going to continue to shine as well. Um, so there's there's a lot of good coming out of this defense and a lot of good coming out of this game, if you will, on defense. Now, the question about Clayton White's future is still up in the air. Um I, I don't know if I'm in a position to answer that question. For, like, in my opinion, like, I, I don't know if Clayton White should lose his job at the end of the year. I think earlier I said, he, you know, if he continued that skid, but the way he has continued to evolve this defense um, throughout this tail end of the stretch, 
or tail end of this year, this little stretch of play that they've had these last couple of weeks has been really good. And I, I will give credit to Clayton White. Like when he was having the midseason struggles, it was when he was banged up. Like usually, typically when a defense goes throughout a year, they make adjustments. They have some of the same guys and they go through adjustments. They work things out and the defense evolves as you go along. Well, in Clayton White's defense, he didn't have the, the same guys in and out week in, week out. He was getting, he was having guys being, being banged up left and right. And so the defense couldn't necessarily evolve. They couldn't switch up some of their calls and, and evolve like they needed to. And like they did down the stretch because they were healthy down the stretch, right? You kind of knew who you were playing with. A resurgence of Bam Martin Scott as well certainly helps. Shout out Bam Martin Scott, Indiana kid. Um, you know, really, really coming along um, for South Carolina. And that's what you want. You need that development spot, especially with Mokaba missing. And who knows what Mokaba's future is. I mean, you really hope the best for him. I'm not sure what his whole options are. I haven't really gone down that rabbit hole yet. But I hope Mokaba, whatever he ends up doing next season, I, I hope he's happy because he's a really, really good kid. Um, and was a really good linebacker, still is a good linebacker, but we'll have to see prayers up from Mokaba. Um, but again, Bam Martin Scott was great. Um, Debo Williams, DQ Smith, like I mentioned, but if you're South Carolina's defense, man, like, and, and I guess going back to Clayton White too, like you should be happy with your performance in this one. Your offense essentially let you down. Um, and, and that's very disappointing considering how high powered your offense had been coming into this one, how many points you have scored coming into this one. Um, you know, granted it wasn't a whole lot, but the offensive execution just needs to be better. Um, and you know, it, it doesn't help when you don't have a run game to kind of lean on. Um, in the sec, you need some semblance of it, some semblance of a run game to kind of lean on and be able to, um, you know, just rely on when you need it in tough spots. Cause you can't throw the ball, the whole game. Um, and I think against a good defense, at least and Clemson's defense was very good, despite their, you know, I guess lapses in the defensive backfield, you, you would think that Dowell Loggins in, in his game plan would have exploited the lapses in the defensive backfield, but shout out to Clemson again for being able to just kind of contain this offense, eliminate the big play. Um, and, and when you do that with what South Carolina's offense was limited to at this point, and shut down the run game. If you can shut down the run game, especially after Mario and all of that, um, you know, South Carolina's offense is very one-dimensional. And Clemson did that by eliminating the big play and just, you know, stopping them on third down, forcing the hand, forcing the hand of Kai, you know, Shane Beamer to bring forcing the hand of Shane Beamer to bring out Kai Kroger and punt. And shout out to Kai. I mean, for as bad as he had been, all and now granted he'd stepped up a little bit towards the end of the year, but Lee, like he didn't have the best start. Like it wasn't the whole Kaisman thing and, and all of that um, was not a similar year for, for Kai, but really stepped it up down the stretch was a big part in, you know, keeping this game as close as it was, I think, you know, cause again, hailing from Indiana, I know all too well punting and, and football and, and all of that from the big 10. So, um, you know, Kai Kroger's ability to keep them pinned back um, and, and letting the defense, you know, go to work with a, a lot of field to work with. I, I think that was super good. Um, and the defense bent, they didn't break. Um, and with the evolution of everything that this defense has been this season, all the young guys stepping up, Jalon Kilgore, like I said, does you was in there a little bit with the lack of being able to get pressure and all of that. I, I, I think this defense has evolved. And, and again, 
I'm not offering an opinion at this point on the the Clayton White thing. Earlier this year, I thought, um, you know, he's trending towards losing his job, but I think the way this defense has evolved, we will see. I'm not, I just, I don't know how I feel about it at this point. It's still up in the air. I could be completely wrong. And I think, you know, like could be swinging and missing with that. And, and, you know, he might lose his job and it's like, Oh, Joe, you were so wrong. Like, why was it even a question? I don't know. But for me, at least I, I think it's, it's up in the air at this point. Um, so we will see a lot of, a lot of exciting things still to take from that. Like you still have a lot of, you know, really, really good young studs. If Clayton White were to leave, players might opt, might opt out, might go to the transfer portal. We'll see. There is no bowl game to opt out of. But, and on that thought, with the bowl game or with South Carolina not being able to go to a bowl game, the only thing that might take away from that, because, right, you're going to have players who are going to the NFL. They're not going to play anyways. So for that, I mean, obviously there's one, the young players, right? The young guys on this roster who haven't necessarily had a chance to crack the roster will get a chance, would have gotten a chance in a bowl game to, you know, essentially show what they're made of. We saw that last year with OD Fortune, that pick six in the Notre Dame game, um, essentially helped him earn a starting spot on this year's team. So not going to a bowl game, you know, doesn't help those guys. But also, too, I feel bad for the early enrollees, the guys like Dante Reno, uh, you know, those guys, I, I believe Dylan Stewart's an early enrollee. Uh, those guys would be able to practice with this, the squad um, for the bowl. No matter when the bowl was, they'd be able to get on campus early start practicing with the bull, um, get those extra practices. And that means a lot, um, especially for a guy like Dante Reno, Dylan Stewart. You kind of get to see college ball before, you know, you go through your first spring. You get you get a little taste of it. So you kind of know what to expect when you go into the spring. I think that helped a lot with Pop Howard. He also had a decent game um, and is stepping up as well. His development, I, I believe, is similar to that of Stone Blanton's, kind of thrown into the fire a little bit. We haven't seen like outer worldly numbers from Pup, but Pup has been a very consistent player on this defense. Still learning, still growing. At linebacker in the SEC, it's a very tough one to to figure out and to try to figure that out quickly. Again, very hard. Pup's been doing it well. He's been adjusting great. So, oh, last thing. Yes, the kicker. Clemson's kicker. This is going to be... I guess hard to talk about adding insult to injury, but Clemson added the kicker, the guy who made the three kicks in that game to make the difference of it. He was added midseason. He was doing, I believe, grad school online. Dabo called him up. Where, why, why, why did Dabo call up this this grad school kid? Well, because he was the the backup kicker from last season. This kid was eight of fourteen on the year. Heading into this one, um, not. Not great. I mean, not not the best numbers in the world. His name is Jonathan Wheats, Whites, um, something like that. But Dabo called him up midseason and said, hey, we're having kicking issues, brought him back onto campus. He was still going to grad school at Clemson, I believe, so he's still eligible to play. Came back in and made his career long of 50 in that game against South Carolina. Um, their special teams has not been great all year, and then all of a sudden it steps up. Um, I, I think it's – football karma, if you will. I don't know. But South Carolina's special teams is what won them the game last year. And then sure enough, it's Clemson special teams that won them the game this year. Dare I say the Palmetto Bowl runs through special teams? Pete Lumbo would certainly be happy with me if I said that. But I don't know. I, I It won Clemson the game this year, won South Carolina the game last year. So I guess so at this point um, in this new era of it. Um, 
certainly things are going to be changing here coming up soon. New era of college football ushered in. Jack Velcher has been doing a really good job for us covering that and asking Shane the right questions, trying to figure out this whole new era of college football and navigating all of that and how you know it affects South Carolina. But so that is pretty much everything from this Clemson game that I took away from. Um, you know, the the I guess fluke, or if I don't think it's necessarily a fluke, but they're Special teams essentially won them the game. Um, South Carolina's offense didn't perform well because Clemson's front seven was giving them fits. Again, shout out to them. Got to give credit where credit's due. And then also the Clemson run game was also very elite. Phil Maffa, Will Shipley, and then also Cade Klubnik. And the the running dimension of Klubnik is what surprised me about him. Obviously, I was looking at his stats, like I said, going into this one on the ground. But it, it's just it was surprising to me how well and how efficient he was on the ground. He's ability to have carries longer than 10 yards, stretch the play out, get the first down. That was impressive to me. And, and I think he showed that um, on Saturday. But other, other than the ground game, I was not impressed with that, uh, the Clemson offense at all, really. And I, granted, they couldn't really score with the run game, but what it, it did its job. And that was death by a thousand cuts, running out the game, time of possession, like I mentioned, 38 to 22. Very, very big difference, and that's a large part in, in, because of Clemson's offense. It wasn't pretty, but they, they were able to get the job done, and there were a lot of questions still to be answered on South Carolina's side. You didn't execute. Plain and simple, you didn't execute. It's going to leave a bad taste in your mouth, and next year your schedule doesn't get any easier, right? Your schedule does not get any easier, certainly does not get any easier. You have away games at Clemson, at Alabama, at Kentucky at Oklahoma, and then you've got LSU, Ole Miss, Missouri, Texas A&M at home, and then at Vanderbilt as well. LSU, Ole Miss, Missouri, Alabama, Clemson, all going to be tough games next season. It'll be interesting to see how Shane Beamer and his boys, um, you know, start off next season. I mean, you've got some questions. Um, Spencer Rattler likely gone. His career at South Carolina – was one of the better ones of a Gamecock quarterback we've seen in a long time, despite him only being here for two years. And, uh, you know, he said after the game, this place meant a lot to him. Um, and so I'm assuming Spencer will be taking the leap to the next level in the NFL. Um, but his career at South Carolina is likely over. Um, we'll discuss all of that in weeks coming up um, as I have some good guests and whatnot. But as we always do, um, it's been a lot of, you know, I guess doom and gloom and, and Clemson talk because I got to give credit where credit is due. But the show, we like to stay optimistic. So it's time for the optimism shades, as always. Um, so what is there to be optimistic about for South Carolina football, right? You just got beat by your rivals at home. You know, you got not necessarily embarrassed, but your offense certainly did, um, didn't step up in the moment when you needed the most um, and you had been hailing about this offense and the offensive coordinator. Meanwhile, it was your defense that stepped up and it was a fluky play that just, you know, happened to go the wrong way. Why should you be optimistic about South Carolina football? Let me tell you this. Okay. Daniel Hill, four-star running back out of Meridian high school in Mississippi was on campus. He is a very hard South Carolina lean at the moment. He is a running back. South Carolina, as I mentioned, is very short at running back. You have Mario Anderson, Juju McDowell out for the rest of the year, but we'll probably be back next year, but you're still short on, on running backs. T.J. Braswell is in there who is stepping up, has played pretty well. 
so far. So he, he's, he's another name to watch. We'll see if Mario comes back. But if you can get Daniel Hill in the 2024 class, he has the ability to make an impact right away. Alabama was really, really hard on his case. Alabama committed another running back. And from what I've been told, Daniel Hill did not like that. He is currently a hard South Carolina lead, 64.7% chance, according to the on three RPM. You know, I think if you can land Daniel Hill, you're, you're going to move up in the recruiting rankings. You currently sit at eight, 19th overall. Um, I think if you land Daniel Hill, you pop up. You have a 90 overall like rating, according to on three. 10th class in the SEC. Again, you land Daniel Hill, you're going to you're gonna move up. Um, that class is also filled with offensive linemen, Cam Pringle, Josiah Thompson. The great wall of Carolina is essentially coming together. You already have Tree, Babalade, and Trovon Baugh who have started the – Tree, Babalade, and Trovon Baugh who have started. They have become you know, ingrained in this offense. They, they have gotten used to the SEC at this point. Both have stepped up in big ways. Dylan Stewart, what is, what is something South Carolina has been missing all season? Pass rushing. You're getting a dog out of Friendship Collegiate Academy out in Washington, D.C. 6'5", 250, edge rusher Dylan Stewart, five-star plus. I mean, the kid is going, going to be a dog. He's number 10 in the national rankings. At one point, he was ranked number one, according to On3. Very, very, very exciting stuff. Michael Smith, four-star tight end. Again. Trey Knox, Joshua Simon, transfer tight ends. They're bringing up the next generation in Reed McKeeza. Like I said, Cam Pringle, four-star, should be a five-star. Josiah Thompson should also probably be a five-star. On three does not have a whole lot of offensive linemen that are five-stars, but watch out for those two. Josiah and Cam, both South Carolina products as well, to continue to build that line offensive lineup. Mazio Bennett, wide receiver. You were kind of short at wide receiver as well. Wendell Gregory out of Marietta, Georgia. Another edge rusher to pair with Dylan Stewart. Really good. Kelvin Hunter, four-star out of West Florence. Also a dog. And then you can't forget about Dante Reno, also a four-star quarterback. He is your quarterback in that class. First one committed friend of the program. I'll have him on at some point in this offseason, um, if possible. Um, friend of the program. As well, he's been recruiting hard, and he was also on campus this weekend with Daniel Hill to try to sway him towards committing to South Carolina. So that's very big. That's kind of also kind of serving as a recruiting update. But yes, watch out for Daniel Hill. Hard South Carolina lean at the moment, and everything that we're hearing at Gamecock Central and everything that I'm allowed to say is good. It is good. So um, there's that. While we got the optimism shades on, why else should you be excited about South Carolina football at the moment other than recruiting? Sure, they're doing well in recruiting. Why else? Well, the freshmen and the young guys are stepping up. Like I mentioned, Tree and Tro will now be very experienced. They're going to be a very big part of this offensive line going forward. Jalon Kilgore, Desu, Pup Howard, all stepping up on defense. Nick Harbor as well on offense. Sure, he had a big drop against Clemson. Oh, well, that happens. He's very young. He's the game has started to slow down to him in his first season. I think that's a very big win if you're South Carolina. For a guy that you weren't sure when he was going to develop, everyone's like, where's Harbor? Where's Harbor? There were some injury questions. He has been in the game for the last couple of weeks and has, again, he's mentioned it started to slow down to him. He's He gets this whole SEC football thing now. He's bound to have a big breakout year this next season. South Carolina's wide receiver room is going to need him. And then also he'll be playing alongside – 
a guy like Mazio Bennett, he's going to be able to bring up Mazio Bennett, help him mature, possibly lead him to possibly have an impact early for the South Carolina offense. And then, of course, Lenore Sellers, when we're talking about freshmen, um, he's my, 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 my Lenore Sellers take at the moment is that he's dominating against the twos, right? What does that tell you if he's dominating against the number twos when it comes to end game? It means that he gets a shot with the ones, right? He at least deserves a shot. So we will see. I mean, he's going to be competing. Luke Doty most likely to be in there, that quarterback battle. But Lenore Sellers is the guy to watch coming into the quarterback battle. Um, and it's it'll be, I guess, a controversy. There isn't really a surefire guy at the moment. Sure, Sellers is playing well, but um, I, I would think Sellers would be the guy to come out of that battle. But just be optimistic. Watch that, and and you would think that Sellers is eventually going to be the guy of the future going forward. And then, of course, you have Dante Reno coming in to learn from him and grow from him as well. But, again, recruiting is going well. Stone Blanton is going to be a very big part of next season's team. Um, you know, he just completed his sophomore season, stepped up in a very, very, very big way, has been an anchor for this defense um, it just has continued to learn and grow even throughout like being thrust in the starting lineup as a freshman. Pup Howard has had a similar development, and I think Pup Howard and Stone Blanton are going to be a very big pair going forward. Van Martin Scott, I know he's not an underclassman, but he has a lot of upside. He has played very, very well. Again, shout out him. He's an Indiana kid. Um, really, really developed well, um, and watch out for him to be a force. Um, you also have Jerron Willis. Didn't see much time, but Really, really young cat. Uh, he had originally committed to Ole Miss. Um, he's going to be key for depth at linebacker next year. And then I mentioned Des U um, also stepping up. And there, there are a lot of guys that are missing, sure. But um, those are the guys that, in terms of next season, who to watch, what to what to look forward to. And like I said, recruiting is going well, right? Sure, South Carolina football won't be going to a bowl game. You lost to your arch rival, Clemson, at home to end your season. But – there is still a lot of momentum in this building. Everyone was still bought in till the very end. I mean, I didn't really see anyone bought out at, at, in, in that game on Saturday. Everyone was still, you know, really invested, still ready to win, still ready to go. I think that should excite you. They, they fought till the very end. Um, and now next season, it is a prove it year for Shane Beamer, right? You are getting, you will have your recruits in. You will have your, your guys and next year will be all about, you know, it's like there, there there, will not be any more excuses in terms of, okay, you know, what you inherited will not will no longer be a fallback. So it, it'll be a big year. There's a lot to be excited about, again, with the, the talent of Lenore Sellers. Plenty to be excited about and also the talent that you are bringing in with the recruiting class. If you could land Daniel Hill, super, super big win. Um, so that is that with the Optimism Shades it's fun to be optimistic. It's fun to look forward to things. But again, we got to come back down to earth here. But so that will do it for the walkthrough for this week. Um, I did want to take this time at the end to just thank everyone for tuning in. Yes, this is episode 12. It is not the end of this show, though. This will not be a football only season, football only show. We are only going to get bigger and better. As the year rolls on for Gamecock Central, I, I wanted to thank Brian Shoemaker, Wes Mitchell, Chris Clark, Mike Yuva, Jack Velchy, Colin Taylor, everyone who's helped me throughout this, Jay Phillips, Tyler Head, all the guys over at 107.5 The Game who have um, came on to my show, Chris Wellbaum, Jamie Shaw. Um, we will be getting to them as well. I, I'll be, I have a lot of 
good off-season interviews planned, not just football, but athletics-related, um, similar to the Justin King one. I, I, I might have Justin on again um, in the off-season because um, that interview was great. If you haven't seen that, go check it out. It was during the bye week, so it was just kind of a check-in with our man Justin King. But um, it has been a fantastic season. I also wanted to thank everyone who has stuck with me throughout this football season, um, learning and growing as we go. Um, like I said, this is only episode 12. It is only the beginning um, of this show. Um, hopefully have some merch up here soon for you guys. But um, yes, it has been a whirlwind. Starting your own podcast has been crazy, especially when you've been moving all around the, the North and Southeast. Um, so apologies again for getting this up late. Delta was not my friend yesterday, but I'm not here to start a beat with a major airline. I'm here to say thank you again for following along and, you know, allowing me to do this it, it as an intern um, still in college kid um, it, it, it really means a lot to be able to have my own show and you know to make strides and for y'all to support you know everything that I'm doing here it really means a lot especially a kid from Indiana you know not necessarily thinking about the SEC and everything and how big this this whole thing has gotten so again from the bottom of my heart I, I wanted to thank you guys for such a good football season and just know that it's going to be bigger and better, and hopefully the merch is on the way soon. Um, and, you know, I'm excited for the offseason. We're going to have some good guests talk about South Carolina football, basketball, the fighting quarter zips, the fighting dawns are doing well. Keep your eyes peeled for those. And then, as, as always, we have the the Hard Fowler basketball-only show. That's been going good. Jack Veltri and I host that, and then we'll have a guest related in the basketball world. But it's going to be a fun basketball season. And then always, in the spring, you have baseball. Um, so it's going to be fun spring football as well. So stay tuned. There's plenty more for this show to cover to, to a lot of offseason questions. Shane Beamer, Gamecock football. I'm going to try to have some football related interviews as well. We aren't done covering football because this is the SEC. It really does just mean more. So be on the lookout for all of that. Super, super big stuff, cool stuff coming with my podcast and my show. But again, I, I, I want to thank everyone who supported me, everyone watching, everyone at home. Um, and then everyone at Gamecock Central and on three, you guys have been the best. Y'all y'all know who you are. You're the best. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, tune in tomorrow night. Mike Yuva and I talking Tuesday nights. It'll be a doozy kind of recap everything that happened football-wise and also preview some hoops. But thank you guys again for tuning in. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And be good. Thank you again.